This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What an honor for me when that happens to say Tom Brady's my teammate. Here we go. This is the Skip Bayless Show. On this episode of the podcast, I'll be reading and responding to your questions. If you'd like to have a question featured, remember to tweet at Skip Bayless Show on Twitter or leave your question with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to ask me whatever you want about what goes on behind the scenes at Undisputed, my personal life, or anything in the world of sports. My answers will always be candid, be honest, and be unfiltered. Thanks for listening to The Skip Bayless Show. Enjoy the episode. Question number one comes from Bobby from Danville, California. When you're doing your cardio, is that the only time you're not wearing Jordans? It's a funny question. Bingo. Precisely. Bobby, I do own, I don't know, over 50-odd pair of Jordans. I would wear Jordans to bed if my wife Ernestine would allow me to. She won't. I do them, wear them, as you know. I wear them to work, wear them on air every day. I wear them to work out, always lift weights in my Jordans. I wear them out to dinner. I wear them to the mall. I wear them to church. I definitely wear them to play basketball, and I even wear Jordans to play golf. I do have Jordan golf shoes, so I have, what, four pair of Jordan golf shoes. But I do not run in my J's. I have run, as I told you last week, a lot since 1982, and I've gone through phases of running in Nikes for a while, and then New Balance for a long while, Asics for a good while. But I would say, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I got hooked on, drum roll please, Reebok running shoes. Don't ask me why, but Reebok, they just work for me. It's the Float Ride series that sort of morphs into different float rides but I float when I ride on the float rides. They fit me like gloves. 
They last longer than any other running shoe I've ever tried. And the point is about the float rides, they just look fast to me and they make me feel faster when I look down at my feet and start running in them. So strange but true, <laughs> I run in Reeboks. And I do ask for your forgiveness, Michael, Jeffrey, Jordan, sir. Another question from Joseph from New York, New York. If you did an hour of cardio on that May day in 1998, what would your streak be at now? Okay, this is a great question that I don't have a great answer for because it's all starting to blur for me. But last week I did tell you that I have not missed a single day of doing one hour of cardio. It's either running outside or on the bike, uh, sorry, on the treadmill or doing an hour on the upright stationary bike. I, I've done it every single day since May the 3rd of 1998. That's 24 years of never missing a day. I don't think about it until I think about it. I have even run when, when I'm sick. I, I ran through getting COVID back in, I guess it was January. What was it? 10 odd days. I, I ran or biked every single day just because that's what I do. I do not recommend it. Please don't try this at home. That's just who I am and what I do. But on that May 3rd date, as I explained last week in 1998, I recently moved to Chicago and I didn't have a doctor yet. And I got so sick that I got scared because I had no immediate access to any sort of antibiotics, which usually do the trick for me like that. And so I decided on a fateful Sunday to go to the United Center to cover a 98 Bulls playoff game against Charlotte, but not to run. So before that, it's, it's very difficult for me to go back and, and figure out my streak because understand from 1982, when I first started running seriously to 1992, I ran tons and tons of road races. I ran nine marathons. I ran, I don't know, half dozen half marathons. I ran what felt like hundreds of 10K races. So before marathons, I would always take two days off. You just had to because of what you're about to do to your body. I didn't mind that. And before half marathons and 10K races, I always took one day off. But I stopped racing on concrete in 1992 just because it, it was just beating the unholy hell out of my body. I just felt like I stayed injured in those days. And I feel so much healthier now that I mostly run on the treadmill, sometimes on Sundays outside. But I don't race anymore, thank God. So I'm not competing against myself quite as much. So before May 3rd, 1998, I, I don't know. The last day I probably took off was about six years before in the spring of 1992, which would be the day before my final 10K race of my life. I don't think I'll ever go back there again because I actually had to lose too much weight to compete in my age groups, often won my age groups, and all of the above kinds of races. 
So in the end, I'm not sure, but it's very possible that you could add about six more years on if that fateful May 3rd day, I had decided to go ahead and go outside in Chicago in the cold because it was still cold in May and risk getting pneumonia and dying. But again, all of the above, I do not recommend. Next question. This is Cameron from Pasadena, California, out here in Southern California. Is your streak of eating only chicken and broccoli as impressive as your streak of doing an hour of cardio every day? Uh, no. That streak, chicken and broccoli streak, started in 2007 when the show I was doing in New York City called Cold Pizza on ESPN2 was moved up to the mothership in Bristol, Connecticut and rebranded, you might say, as First Take. At that point, my wife Ernestine and I were not yet married and she had a great job in New York City. So I decided to keep my New York City apartment and for the next, believe it or not, 10 years, I lived during the week in the Residence Inn, which is in Southington, Connecticut, but it's only about 10 minutes from the ESPN mothership in Bristol. So for, for 10 years, I kept the same room in the Residence Inn on the third floor, and I just left everything there on the weekends, and I loved it, man. I really did, because I had housekeeping come in to clean every day and give me all fresh towels, and the staff just loved me and took care of me, and I loved them and tried to take care of them, and it was one big happy family. But I realized right away in 2007 that my best shot at eating was to call the nearby Chinese restaurant and order enough chicken and broccoli and brown rice to last for five days. So I could just put it in the refrigerator, microwave on schedule. And I love that because I love the way Chinese restaurants do that white meat chicken. I just love it. Still eat it now. And on Friday, I... I often went back to New York City to see Ernestine or sometimes she reverse commuted and would come up and spend the weekend with me at the residence in, in, you know, in and around nearby Bristol, Connecticut. And she came to love the residence in, which is bizarre, but true. And I got hooked on chicken and broccoli. I consider it an extremely positive addiction. And I must tell you, I never get tired of eating chicken and broccoli, but does it match my 24 year streak? Not, not yet. It's, it may, may in the end. This episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com. It's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full nineties throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. This is from Diego from Las Vegas. Interesting. Back to sports. Back to what is the greatest comeback in sports history? History. Ooh. Okay. Greatest series comeback, obviously, has to be Red Sox coming from 03 down 
to humiliate their arch-rival Yankees four games to three back in 2004. And then they, of course, went on to sweep the St. Louis Cardinals, my St. Louis Cardinals, in the World Series. But let's talk single-game comeback. For me, it has to be, may always be, what the GOAT did in Super Bowl 51. No, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots were not down 35-3, to as you might remember Buffalo once was, to Houston back in that 1992 wildcard game before Buffalo came roaring back thanks to Frank Reich, believe it or not, at quarterback to win 41-38. Okay, but remember, that was a wild card game, a first-round game, and it was being played in Buffalo, which helped the Bills come back. This was the Super Bowl I'm talking about, played on a neutral field in Houston, and I want you to remember that Tom Brady, in the second quarter, threw a pick six to make it 21 to nothing, Atlanta. Do you know how many Super Bowl quarterbacks would just go right in the psychological tank after throwing a pick six that went 82 yards the wrong way? That happened. And as we all know, then that happened because Tom Brady is just going to keep on keeping on. Greatest poise I've ever seen at quarterback greatest resilience I've ever seen at quarterback. And here came Tom Brady down 28-3 to with about two minutes left in the third quarter. And in the fourth and overtime, the GOAT threw for 246 yards. Think about that, 246 in the fourth quarter and overtime. The GOAT forced overtime with a 91-yard drive in 10 plays. 91 and 10, 90 through the air in that drive. And needed to hit Danny Amendola on a two-point conversion to force overtime with 37 seconds left in regulation. The Patriots did win the toss. And in that game-winning touchdown drive in overtime, Brady went five of six for 50 more yards. I want you to think about this. Tom Brady in his first six Super Bowl wins, all in New England, won them with six game-winning drives in the fourth quarter or overtime. Think about that. That is off the charts clutch. That is beyond Jordan clutch because Michael just didn't have that many opportunities. So your first six times, you win six down-to-the-wire Super Bowls with game-winning drives in the fourth quarter or overtime. And I remind you, in the first Eli Super Bowl, Brady should have won yet a seventh Super Bowl at that point. And so it'd be eight total, obviously, with the one in Tampa, but let, let's say an eighth Super Bowl with a game-winning drive that should have stood because with two minutes left, he hit Randy Moss to put New England up after about, a, I think it was a 65-yard drive, put them up 14 to 10. And with two minutes to go, Bill Belichick's defense allowed Eli Manning to go 75 yards in 12 plays, 75 yards in 12 plays to score not a field goal because they needed a touchdown. It was 14 to 10. 
a touchdown on Belichick's defense, beat Tom Brady and canceled out what should have been his game-winning drive, his eighth Super Bowl, 17-14 Giants. Just impossibly clutch. So the greatest comeback to me is on the Super Bowl stage after you throw a pick six and you fall down 28-3 late in the third quarter. 246 passing in the fourth in overtime. That, for me, as an individual achievement and a great single-game comeback, has to rank as the greatest ever. And now I am so proud to say that Tom Brady eventually will be my teammate here at Fox when he retires. What an honor for me, as big a fan of Brady as you'll ever find, but what an honor for me when that happens to say Tom Brady's my teammate. Understand, when I walk the halls here now at Fox, there's a whole new electricity in the air. There's a whole new buzz, a whole new sort of anticipation because we know that at some point, Tom Brady is coming to Fox. And who knows? Maybe at some point after he retires, he'll join me and Shannon Sharp at the debate desk on Undisputed. Sit right to my left on Undisputed. Whew, what a day that would be. And yet, I'm afraid that would have to be a day that my partner Shannon Sharp, long a Brady hater, would have to call in sick. 